What's going on, guys? Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us on the CCA podcast. This is Tony. I'm doing the intro today. I'm doing the intro today. Doing a pretty good job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined by Chris Arechadera. What's up, guys? How What's are you? What's going up, Chris? Busy. Busy. Just coming off a of first show, though, which went pretty well. We had our big announcement or big launch for Star, which went fascinatingly well. I mean, I think you would agree. And um, yeah, just trying to chug along till the next one, Delmar. Yeah, for me, it was my first time experiencing the show on the other side of the table, start kind of start to finish. So I think it went really well. New booth, new layout, new boat to show <laughs> off. So I, I think it went really well. It was a lot of really positive feedback on our booth. So yeah, check us out. We'll be at all the shows this year. Yeah. You got four more, five more? Five more. Five more. I know. You got I five know. more. But anyways, I'm joined by two. They've become really good friends of mine. I'm here with two of the guys from BD Outdoors. We have Ricky and we have Ira. Welcome, guys. Thanks What's for coming up? in. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, Sad we appreciate here. it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, I know, you know, we've known each other for a while. We actually just went on your guys' podcast. That was epic. Um, and uh, well, let's get right into it. Let's start with Ricky. Ricky, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, I guess the Ricky story. Yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> so I am SoCal, born and raised. Um, Whereabouts? Uh, Orange County. Okay. OC. Yeah. OC. <laughs> right, right by Tony. Um, yeah, I, I, I got introduced to fishing by my dad maybe when I was like 12 or 13, and we were fishing stock trout ponds and um, from there, it just kind of grew, and now I'm full-fledged addicted to uh, the as, sport. As we all are. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just uh, comes, comes with a price. But, <laughs> um, no, I, I love it. And, and so um, I went to um, – graduated from the University of San Diego, and I worked on um, a Viking kind of operation for a couple of years. I worked on a 60 Viking named Flat Out, and um, – incredibly fortunate to have done that we got to experience you know we did the whole mag bay deal and fishing down in cabo mm. um it was just incredible i i kept telling uh, my boss i'm like man you keep taking me on these once in a lifetime <laughs> trips and we do them like every month it's insane um and, and that was kind of as our socal fishery was in the heat of like this big bluefin kind of deal and and so i learned so much um about you know just how to target these things because it's not something we had when i was younger we used to go out and we we're stoked if we caught you know some schooly yellowfin and like a 40 pound bluefin would win the jackpot um <laughs> but anyhow i i started working at bd outdoors maybe just over two years ago and um kind of grown within the organization and now i am um, our content director so i work directly with ira and i'll let him talk about kind of what he does um yeah, but, but everything you see on the site from articles to short-form video, long-form video, client stuff, organic, in-house kind of stuff, we kind of ideate and figure out, you know, what we want to show our audience. And this is something we'll get into a little later, but BD has grown from uh, a really forum-based community, and it still is. That's the heart and soul of BD, but it's kind of transitioned into more of a, like a full-fledged media company, which is rad because mm -hmm. it allows us to do such fun, um, such fun projects where we're out on the water in the field rather than, you know, it's not just a bunch of people in an office sitting at a screen all day, which we do our fair share of, but yeah. 
Um, well, really, over the last couple of years, you've really have produced so much great content. Actually, you know, most notably with Tony's Sport Boat Roundups. Yeah. Over the last couple of years, it's taken off. Yeah, Tony's been a huge, uh, a huge addition to the to the team, and having stuff like that with um, Tony and and people love Eric Landisfeen. We we love him as well. He's mm-hmm. so knowledgeable, you know. And and now um, Nate with all the inshore. Yeah. Stuff. You guys are getting more inshore content coming out too, which well, is awesome. Well, that's huge. And I've, I've, to be quite honest, like I've never been a huge bass fisherman, but oh, I, I thought think, you were going to say never been a huge fan of Nate. Which I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, we love Nate. Um, but yeah, so, so it, I think it's important. And especially as we kind of see like our, our off season in SoCal is so brutal, right? Like we really don't have much to do in the way of pelagics other than, you know, maybe your, your home guard yellows. And the bass fishery is just, it offers opportunity year round. And Ira and his friends are, are huge bass nerds, which is awesome. And um, they produce content year round. And so, yeah, we, we figured, you know, while BD has been more of an offshore oriented company, like why not explore these other, you know, cause there's such um, huge potential. There's a ton of anglers who love bass fishing and yeah, it's also like there's so many younger anglers that are involved with bass fishing, you know, because mm-hmm. like primarily like the offshore audience is a, an older, more affluent audience. And so as our community grows, encompassing inshore into that really helps create like a younger demographic that we can create content for and, and in, like engage with. For yeah, sure. exactly. And it opens up opportunity, right, where someone, you know, one of our clients may specialize in inshore baits like we just did. um a shoot with Z-Man product and we were stoked. We were like, oh, you know, like granted it's a largely freshwater based company, but all of that stuff works excellent in the base. And that was one of the most fun shoots we did. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, their, their stuff works so well in the bay. So for Spotty's halibut, Corvina, anything like we were able to do such an incredible shoot and we were like at the dock by like 2 PM, you know, <laughs> nice. in, a, in a full product and, you know, stills video, everything we were all done. It, it's super easy to do. Nice. At the same time, of course, we're itching to go offshore. <laughs> yeah, and of course. Hang some kite fish. But yeah, yeah that, that's kind of what I do with the company. Um, Ira's been a huge addition to our, our content team. He's done an excellent job. And um, watching his progression over the past year and the quality of his work is, is just, it's been um, really admirable. Honestly, he's, he's, he's crushing it. I nice. appreciate it, Ricky. Well, on that note, Ira, what's up, man? Oh, How's man, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah? I'm good, yeah. yeah. It's... Uh, I'm stoked to be on a, on this podcast with you guys and kind of talk uh, talk BD and all that and what we've been uh, up to because it's been a really fun past. I've probably been with BD a little under two years because I think I came on probably six months after Ricky. Okay. Yeah, Ira, Ira was interning with us for, yeah. for a while. He yeah. actually went to USD as well, but I didn't know him at school mm. somehow. Yeah, we, we, had, <laughs> we had like a semester, like a year of overlap. Uh, okay, cool. Well, tell us your story, man. Yeah, for sure. So unlike... Unlike Ricky and Tony, I did not grow up uh, here. So I, I grew up in Oregon. Okay. And so when I got into fishing, it was probably, oh man, I'm, I was probably like six or seven. And it was a lot of trout, stock trout ponds. And then from there into like streams, creeks, stuff like that. Did a little fly fishing, then discovered bass fishing. And so it was all, for the, it was primarily smallmouth in mm-hmm. the, the rivers around Oregon. Uh, so Columbia River, Willamette River, stuff like that got really into bass fishing from there then found sturgeon fishing which was like my first time experiencing like a bigger fish and so we're fishing pretty much tuna tackle for them you know because they get like upwards of four five hundred pounds the really big ones oh my and gosh. so that was yeah 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 it's cool and it's cool also because it's a super accessible fishery it's like 
downtown Oregon, like mm-hmm. downtown Portland, there's tons of fish in the like 100 to 200 pound range, which is no kidding. Absurd. Yeah, you can catch them off the docks there. It's it's <laughs> weird. Like if you can figure it out, I have some crazy photos where I'd just like in high school, I'd go after school and fish from like 4 to 8 p.m. And, you know, we could catch like five or six fish. The smallest ones would be two to three feet long, but then you might get a shot at one that's like six feet long. So it's pretty cool. And they're really accessible, oh my which gosh. is fun. So that was like, that was my first experience with like a, a, a bigger like game fish. Mm-hmm. And so while I was in high school there and starting to look towards college, uh, pretty much the one factor that I was, that like informed my college decision was fishing. Nice. And so I was like, I want, <laughs> I want to go to a place with warm salt water. Yeah. That was it. I was like, I want proper pelagic fish. And so I was looking at Florida <laughs> In Southern California, most 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 college kids that age want to get like out of the cold and into the sun or a yeah. beach town. No, like, you're looking like, for fish. I was like, give me give me warm saltwater fish. Um, that's at least at the time. That's what I thought. I was like, that would be fun, you know, mm-hmm. just from seeing everything on YouTube and stuff like that. And so um, it was funny actually when I was looking in San Diego and SoCal. Local knowledge was one of the things that I like watched. <laughs> oh yeah, which was so wild and so. Um, yeah, I went to the University of San Diego, and so I graduated last spring. Wow, congratulations. Cool. Thank That's you, awesome. I appreciate it. So yeah, then started uh, started interning with BD my junior year, um, and while I was the intern, I did, um, I wrote a lot of our surf fishing content, inshore content, helped out with the photography and stuff like that. When I graduated, went full-time with BD, handled all of our social media, as well as photography, and then started getting more into the video side of things. And then just as of kind of the start of this year, took on a new role as the director of marketing. And so now I do a lot of pretty much all of our in-house video production, Mm -hmm. um, pretty much everything aside from our feature films, like our our large long form content. And then I do audience acquisition. I manage all of our ambassadors, influencers, everything like that, oversee social media management and kind of marketing strategy. Sounds like a full plate. <laughs> yeah, it's we. It's it's great because we have we have a, a small close knit team, but we're able to accomplish a lot. Our capabilities are really impressive for the uh, the size of company that we have, and so mm-hmm. I work a lot with Ricky, kind of hand in hand, and it's great because Ricky's able to give me a lot of kind of the direction on content side of things, and then I handle just the the shooting, editing, and kind of all the post production. But it's great being able to work with Ricky because I feel like we take from like he has his ideas of how you know we can shoot content and deliver content and stuff like that and then we work together on the execution of it and so i think we we have a, a great little content tag team that we're able to accomplish a lot it's it's been great yeah and you know i kind of like the collaboration that you know you guys have shown off over over the last you know probably year or so to where it's not just Tony getting in front of the camera but it's also you guys too cuz i know i've seen yeah. plenty of videos and plenty of content with both of you guys uh, you know, whether it's a product demo or just, you know, fishery tips or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's important to, to be involved, I think, you know, kind of show that who is, uh, who are the, the faces behind this company and, and do they even know about fishing? You know, I think it's important to demonstrate that we know what we're talking about and, and by no means are we expert in, experts in, in anything. But um, if we have some knowledge that might help other anglers, like, of course, we're going to share it. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about this when you guys came on our podcast, like you guys deal with the same thing. We're a very small team and we have just way too much work to do, yeah. which is fine, you know, but everyone, 
yes, has their job role and their description of what they should be doing, but everyone helps out everywhere. Yeah. And that's the only way to, to really function with, with a small team. But it is nice, you know, we're, we're all, um, we're coworkers, but we're all friends and, and we all love to go fishing together. And, um, we had a team trip on the Grande last year on, and it was just, it was so much fun. It was a blast. And mm -hmm. that's, that was that, my favorite trip, favorite chartered trip last year. Yeah. We, the fishing was okay, but, um, I, I mean, everyone knows like when you're fishing with your friends, it's, you can't beat it. Yeah. You're going to have a good time. Yeah. And cool. everyone was oh, yeah. stoked for each other and everyone yeah. just had such a great time. It was a long day. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was nice. But, it was a really cooperative trip. Yeah. You know, which probably don't see all too often. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think one thing just about like the, the content that we've been doing and being on both sides of the camera, I think the, the thing that we're shooting for is authenticity, you know? So it's like, there's so, I think in, in the fishing world and the content world, it's really easy to see content where you can tell the person, you know, is just pushing some product. They don't understand maybe everything about it. And so we really focus on doing authentic content that people can relate to that's actually helpful, you know, and it's mm -hmm. not just trying to push or sell something. Nice. Nice. Well, when it comes to content, I'll, I'll let's just kind of dive into for, so to speak, the, how the sausage is made when it comes to ideas or content or, or whatnot, how does that process work within BD to where, you know, if Ira comes up with an idea, does he go to you or vice versa or tell us kind of like how that kind of fluctuates? Yeah. So, so depending on, on whether or not, um, so there's kind of two trains of thought, right? We have our client-based stuff, which is a little more, um, a little more directed as far as you know. We have certain deliverables that we need to come up with, right. um, and it's really in collaboration with the client, um, Jesse, who who handles uh, handles all of our client relations. She does an excellent job, and then what we'll do is I'll work with Jesse and figuring out exactly what the client's needs are. And then I'll get to ideating with Ira, honestly, yeah. the whole team. We, we, mm -hmm. we do it as a team. And so whatever our client deliverables are for that specific client, whether it's a boat manufacturer, um, a tackle manufacturer, certain baits like Z-Man, um, we'll figure out exactly what they need and then do our best to, you know, deliver that. And then as far as for our organic stuff, it's just kind of whatever's relevant, right? So if there's a new phase or a new trend in the fishery, we want to get that out ASAP. You know, we want people right. to know about it. Um, we want people to understand how how it works and and what's how are you going to utilize this to to the best of your ability to go out and have a good day. Mm -hmm. uh, fishing is so expensive, right? Yeah. Um, that if we're spending you know hundreds of dollars on gas and thousands of dollars on a boat um, or gear or gear, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. gear, not good to point. mention gear. Yeah, you can go buy a reel and then you spend a hundred bucks spooling it, and you have five of those. The cost add up quickly. Yeah, and um, the the whole point of BD is is to kind of educate and inform which i think you know we've been doing an excellent job of with the help of tony with the help of nade and all of our contributors um, we have some excellent contributors whether you're looking for like seafood recipes or if you're a kayak fisherman you know morgan prominence and, and how he stretched with uh he worked with newport now mm -hmm. they've done um, oh does he really new uh morgan no no howie oh uh, howie okay yeah, yeah. what's um, up howie yeah <laughs> but but they're both they're both for lack of a better word experts in their field Mm -hmm. And there's so many, like Ira was saying, younger kids and, and young adults and old adults who, who are in, in the kayak fishing space that these guys have so much knowledge to share, you know, um, and we're just being the platform for them to get that knowledge out to as many people as possible. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot of fun with, 
various content things, whether it's like Newport or something like that, mm -hmm. doing kayak contact. A lot of the recipes we've done this year have been a blast. I mean, it's, it's, Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So we have, um, uh, one of actually a forum member, Michael Friedrich, who now is one of our pro contributors, mm -hmm. um, an incredible chef specializes in sushi, but just across all different types of cuisine, he's really impressive. And so, uh, for one of our clients, we do recipes. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that we've just had a blast with over the past year, doing all sorts of different recipes. I know Ricky now, it's like a staple. All these recipes he d we do, um, yeah. it's now a staple in his own personal cooking. Nice. Oh, it is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like I, I take it home with me for sure. And, and, and a lot of people don't know. So circling back to BD historically being founded mm -hmm. as like a foreign-based company, right. I, st I think there's still a lot of people that don't really know that we have a, a full other side of the company, um, mm -hmm. which is our content, you know, and, and it's so vast that you could really find anything you need. Um, and, and the rest, going back to the recipes, those shoots are fun because we'll film three or four in a day. Oh man, and we're stuffed, and we're <laughs> yeah. eating good food. Yeah, we're eating good like food, rich food. Oh. We, we do it in my kitchen for the most part, which is kind of fun. <laughs> and so we'll, we'll shoot a whole thing, and you know, it's it's everything. Like we did, I think our last shoot, our first recipe was like whitefish nigiri, which mm, was yeah. really interesting. That was delicious. We did a um, a macadamia nut crusted cabrilla over a truffle risotto. Oh my God. It was insane. Yeah. Okay, please stop talking. And I've, I've made it like five times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'll be like every other week, Ricky will come into the office and be like, I made the risotto last night. Oh and yeah. I'm like, oh man, yeah. that was so good. The other, yeah, the other thing we try and focus on is, is um, something that I think is really important is highlighting these local personalities. You know, these people who have been in the industry longer than Ira and I have been alive and possess this knowledge, you know, and, and being able to showcase you know, whether it's Adam Trauman or, or the kayak guys like I was talking about um, and give them, you know, give them the um, the exposure that they deserve mm -hmm. because they have so much to teach us. And and working in the fishing industry, if you're if you're not constantly learning new things like you might as well leave. Yeah. This is the whole point. You know, we're constantly adapting as our fishery does and highlighting these these local small businesses and these local personalities. Um, within that scope of work, I think is, is really important to me. And, and I think it, it really connects with the audience more as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, our goal pretty much here is to deliver the platform and the content to, to share this knowledge from, you know, people that are way more knowledgeable and skillful than Ricky and I <laughs> pretty much. In a way, I kind of feel like it's, um, it's serving two, almost two separate markets where you have the old school forum style to where like, that's how, not necessarily me, but I guess the generation above me kind of grew up mm -hmm. with the internet and all that. Everyone was just basically in the forums, either getting advice or talking crap or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you have the new wave of content, which is that's basically gold nowadays. Yeah. It, it really is a, a, a good balance. And, you know, people are like, maybe. Is, so Ira talks about this younger generation, which is, you know, the next generation of, of long term fishermen. And it's so important to have them involved and um, collectively as a team. And Ira's done a really good job at spearheading this. We've put together, you know, um, a pro staff or an ambassador list of, of local fishermen mm -hmm. and fisherwomen. And um, it, it's just it's going to be huge. You know, that's that's one of our big projects for this year. And I'll let Ira speak on it more maybe. But um, just integrating this younger generation into what we do, because like you were saying, collectively, the forums maybe is 
um, a little bit of that older generation, which is great, you know, and um, I think we can all agree on this, but we're as a younger generation, we like, and I, I, everyone, I guess we like to hold on to our secrets. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're not going to go post in the forums, like exactly where we go and went and caught this fish. Right. Yeah. yeah. There are certain things that people will <laughs> never talk about. Right, please, so. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is totally fine. Like there's so many other things to discuss and, um, you know, if you're if you want to talk about rigging or if you want tips and you're a new boat owner, like that is the perfect place for you. Right. Um, and same thing with our, our article, our content, like we make such a vast array of, of helpful pieces, whether it's, uh, you know, albeit video or, or or written pieces that can be so helpful to not only new anglers, but also, you know, experienced anglers who have been doing this for for decades. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you have. One thing that I have noticed with the younger generation, too, I don't know whether it's just me or everything that I've seen, but a lot of the, I guess I'll, I'll call you guys the younger generation, a lot of you guys are very um, encouraging with um, with yourselves, with, amongst your peer groups and all that, whereas the old mantra, like years and years ago, maybe even a couple of generations ago, where the old salty, crusty guy that just really didn't want to talk or was really just... He saw that guy as a competitor, so that's why he wasn't going to talk. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the complete opposite nowadays, which is awesome. I think there's, yeah, a lot of encouragement. Um, and I think that it, there's been a lot of community that's been, that's been built. I mean, I'm sure that it exists also in previous generations, but just like in the generation that I'm in, I, I generally, you know, fish and talk fishing with my peers. And so I've seen kind of the community that, that's built around that and mm -hmm. in an interesting aspect a lot of that community has been through content you know and so it's like you know someone posting whether it's on instagram or something like that you know if they're posting a picture of their fish and then all the comments are supportive of other people sharing it to their stories and stuff like that and i think mm -hmm. sharing that and other people being genuinely like excited for that person is huge you know i think that's a really encouraging thing to see for people that want to maybe get into the the fishing community or anything like that, seeing that is, is something special. It's cool. Yeah. And you know, one other thing that I'll note on the, on the younger generation, which I've, I've said this before on the podcast, but, um, you know, we've all kind of grown up, uh, more so conservation minded, especially with certain species like calicos and spotties and all that stuff. We're not keeping fish like we did years and years ago, which is great. That's mm. awesome. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that's something that I run myself and, and I'm sure you guys as well, obviously working here at CCA are, are huge advocates of, and it's important because we want to keep our fisheries healthy and that's, we're not saying don't go and kill a bunch of fish. Um, mm -hmm. we're saying, you know, do fish responsibly. Like I love eating fish. I'm going to oh, yeah. of course harvest some Absolutely. fish and the fish that I harvest, I'm going to do my best to, to take care of and make sure that the, the quality of the meat's going to be as good as it can be. Um, but yeah, you know, just, just fishing with that mindset of, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm not going to keep a single fish today, especially if you're spotty fishing or, yeah. or bass fishing, mm -hmm. you know, um, those things grow so slowly and it's important to, to, you know, manage the health of, of those fisheries. Yeah. yeah. I think Ricky touched or brought up a really important point. You know, I think a lot of people might, when they hear conservation, they might think, okay, catch and release only. And, and that's not necessarily it, but it's, being very intentional with the fish that you do take home and ensuring that when you do choose to like 
take that fish home, that you're preserving the quality of the meat, using as much of that fish as you can. So just being very responsible in that. And so, you know, if you, you know, kill a, a handful of, you know, hundred pound tuna, like there's no, I don't, I don't think there's like a, a way that you can like realistically, you know, go through that meat on your own personally. So, you know, years. And so like to, you know, if you're instead of, yeah, instead of, you know, say like, just like bagging three fish or something like that and just Mm kind of like being haphazard with how you're dispatching them and, and, and holding them and stuff like that, instead of doing that, maybe take way more time and effort on one fish, you know, and whatever process it looks like to, to kill that fish, to bring it home, to utilize it, to share it all that stuff. We were talking with Ryan Griffin the other day, and I think he's a a great example of someone that puts so much effort and care into preserving the quality of that fish. And you can just see the value of that so much more over the long term. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's a, an important part of conservation. It's not, yeah, don't kill fish. It's like, yeah, go ahead, like kill fish, eat fish. That's great. Like I do it. Everyone does it. It's fun, but be very intentional when you do that and how you responsibly do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about 2024. It's certainly promising to be an exciting year. I know we're going to uh, collab on a on an event later on this year. Um, but I know BD has a couple other tournaments and a couple other events that uh, happen throughout the year, one of them being right here in San Diego, the Yelltail Shootout. Yeah, so I think this year is the 17th annual. Um, that'll 17th? Be, wow. Yeah. yeah. That yep. old? Yeah. Or 16th. I'm no, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 17th. 17th. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, um, that's historically been on the weekend after Father's Day mm-hmm. in June. So it'll be that same weekend. Um, it's really incredible, you know, especially with this wave of bluefin. Um, it's really cool to see how many anglers are still keen to go try and target, you know, some big yellows. Yeah. In the last two years, you know, the winning fish, the big fish has been over 40 pounds. Like we have quality oh fish God. around. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, last year, the winning team had two fish over 40. Yeah. Oh, okay. I they, remember that. They caught two fish, but they were both over 40 pounds. <laughs> I think that was Ronnie, right? Ronnie won the year prior. Oh, the year prior. Yeah, with a, a 40 or 42 or something like that. Yeah, proper fish. Um, but yeah, it, it's really cool that we can get, you know, 100 boats and however 200 and 250 plus anglers in a room together and and all these people. Like there is a tuna um, side pot, jackpot mm-hmm. that you can win. Of course, we're going to have that. It's of course. it's the middle of bluefin season. When in Rome. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and most of the people will go out and fish kelps. But, uh, dude, occasionally we'll see like a 30-pounder come off a kelp. Hey. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I think, yeah, the, I feel like this past year we saw some really big fish come off kelp. Like the grade was insane. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, so it, it's really cool working the weigh-in stations and all that. And, mm-hmm. and so like, oh, yeah, hey, man, did anyone else come in with, like, a bigger fish? I'm like, no, I can't tell you that. <laughs> uh, you got to come tomorrow. And and we have, you know, such a supportive group of sponsors who help put on that event, um, mm-hmm. CCA obviously being one of them. And, uh, I mean, it just really shows that the, the community is so strong because getting 100 – boats um let alone 250 plus anglers to come together and go target yellow uh, yellowtail in the middle of june is is pretty phenomenal i think and um you know having only been here for the past two years it's been a really fun event to work and Mm -hmm. and see the community around it see the participation it's it's been a lot of fun for sure yeah it's it's one of my it's turned into one of my favorite events of the year to where you know we go there set up and i think we run uh the bar for you guys and all that Mm -hmm. and all of our volunteers and um, it's always a fun event, albeit a little packed inside Portuguese Hall at times. Yeah. 
but uh, we make it work. It's we awesome. make it work. It's a it's a <laughs> packed room, but th- it's fun like that, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's so cool to see that many people come together for an event like that. I think that's really when like the fishing community shines. You see something mm-hmm. like that, it's it's great. Unbelievable raffle prizes too. So that's the thing. Like we try and give back, even if even if you don't place, you know, there's anywhere from you know like 70 to 110 teams like we want to make sure everyone has a chance to to go home with some really rad stuff and that's when our sponsors come in and and do a really good job making sure everyone gets decked out with you know something at least mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna go home with some some cool stuff yeah and you're gonna get to go fish for a day which I'm, everyone wants to do anyway <laughs> yeah exactly if you're gonna go fishing why not be able to i think the 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 winners won something close to like 20 grand last year nice. yeah to nice. catch a yellowtail Hey, like, dude, it, that's huge. I mean, two fit. You said two over forty and all that. That cut that nets you twenty grand. Yeah, that's, man, that's a pretty good payout. Oh, it's yeah. a good payout. Yeah, they <laughs> were they, they were in all the jackpots and yeah, everything. They, they did yeah. it right. They entered all the jackpots, everything, and yeah. I mean, yeah, because it's a three fish limit, and they won with two fish. Nice. Yeah, and I know I'm not even sure if I can speak on this, but I'm pretty sure the tuna jackpot's going up this year as well. Oh, okay. So nice. Yeah. Nice. And the last two years. Somehow, I don't know how the the winning tuna has been like thirty to forty pounds. <laughs> nice. yeah, what? Wasn't yeah. I, wasn't this last year? Wasn't it like a it was like a forty pounder? Yeah. Huh. So Which, that's manageable. Yeah. Think, yeah. think about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if someone wants to just go out and just target tuna, like you can pretty easily you can clean up. Yeah. You can go home with a big paycheck for that too. Yeah. yeah. So normally the weekend after Father's Day, do you know if registration is open yet online? Or? Registration will probably be open um, around PCS. Okay. Yeah. So coming so, up. Yeah. Yeah. Coming up. Um, I think the beginning of March there. Okay. Yeah. You'll be able to register. And, and a lot of people like to wait and see what the weather is going to be like. Sure. Um, but get in while you can. Mm-hmm. And um, no, it'll be, it'll be a ton of fun this year. We're looking forward to it. Nice. Nice. And then along with the Yellowtail shootout, um, there's, there's gotta be other events, right? Or am I, am I missing it? Um, we'll be at PCS. PCS. Yeah. Um, all the shows. Yeah. Ira. Yeah, I mean, spotty, spotty tournament. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So Let's jump into that. I'd like Tony to speak on that one. She's been putting in a lot of the legwork with uh, our other coworker, Nate Winicky. Um, May 11th, right? May 11th. (laughs) Winicky. Yeah, May 11th. This is something that I'm really excited about. You know, I, I had talked to Chris. I talked to you about it. I don't know when, or either earlier this year or towards the end of last year. And I said, you know, I wish we can have some kind of event, you know, because a lot, a lot of what we've talked about today has been about the fishing community and being inclusive. And now we're seeing that younger generation. So, you know, at least for CCA, from my experience and what I've seen, you know, there's a lot of events tailored to that older adult demographic. You know, I wanted something that can really be inclusive of the kids that walk the docks and that work on the boats and love our inshore fishery. And I feel like that has grown exponentially over the last couple of years. So, you know, I talked to Chris and I said, I really want there, you know, I, I don't know how, but I want to pull off some kind of spotty bay bass tournament. I'll figure it out. I don't know how, but I'm going <laughs> to figure it out. And then when I was filming a BD Outdoors uh, sport boat roundup video, I was talking to Ricky about it. And you had come up with something very similar. So our both of our ideas were in alignment, and I think it was just the perfect mix of bandwidth and can we do it and, and people that really want to pull this off. So we have a tournament. 
Um, it is set at Dana Landing May 11th, and it'll be predominantly a bay bass tournament. So your your biggest bodies will have a kayak, a shore, a boat division. We're working on the website or working on that right now. So we're still finalizing uh, a couple of the little details, but we have some awesome, awesome sponsors already. And this is just a couple months away. So we'll have a really awesome day. We're going to have a barbecue after. We'll have some fun prizes, some specialized trophies. Going to try and do a little fishy slash sport boat-esque trivia. We'll have a prize for that. So it'll just be an all-inclusive just community day for all ages, for all ages, but primarily focusing on that younger that younger, younger demographic that's coming up right now. And I'm so stoked for it. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Me and my buddies are going to fish it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, I've never fished like a proper tournament before, but for some reason this year, we're going to do like four of them. Like me and my buddies decided we're just like this year, we're going to fish like bay bass tournaments okay, and calico tournaments and all that. But do so you guys will be at coastal social? Yes, we will. Nice. Both of them. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Got to ask. What about star? Oh yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Yeah, we'll do it all. Cool. Cool. I know. I, a guy I, we can I, sign I, you up. Perfect. I, I don't know what it is, but it, I feel like this year is like the year of inshore tournaments. Mm -hmm. Like I, I know there were a handful before, but I've just seen so many new ones, which I think is so cool. And I think a lot more people are like motivated to kind of get involved with that, which I think is great. Yeah. I mean, the way that, you know, for CCA or from the CCA side, our tournaments are super, um, I'll call them lax or relaxed where it's like we don't do cash prizes, so you're going to win prizes and everything goes to CCA anyway and all that. And it's really just for it's just about fun. It's not like the tournament circuit to mm -hmm. where you're racking up cash or you need to go fish for cash or whatever. It's um, it, it's always fun. Coastal Social being designed for that reason, um, an offshoot um, of, of our private prior tournaments. But they're overall, they're super chill. Yeah, and I think you need a good balance of that because <laughs> you, you can have super serious tournaments with big cash prizes and stuff. But Yellow like Tony was saying, out. you know, yeah, like Yellowtail Shootout, um, being inclusive of this, like, dude, if I was a 16-year-old and, and I already love fishing Spotted Bay Bass and I have the potential to go win a bunch of, like, really rad prizes, mm -hmm. of course I'm going to go do it. Yeah. Um, Why not? Yeah. It's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, 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 that'll be, what, first annual First, yeah, annual. first annual. Yeah, I'll have to slap that on the logo somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we do need a we need we do need one rule. Nate's not allowed to fish it. No, he's, he's he doesn't qualify for it. Yeah, because he'll just basically <laughs> go out there and find like the largest, most meanest spotty out there and just just take the cake. Oh, I, I, Ira might argue. Uh, yeah, I don't know. One. Let him yeah. fish. I'll beat him. I don't care. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. No, friendly I've, competition oh yeah no my my buddy has a, actually today is picking up a boat picking up my boat from oregon he's buying it bringing it down so we're gonna have a we're gonna be all kitted out this year no so, kidding yeah yeah so huh. we're we're gonna give a proper shot at all the coastal socials and all that like <laughs> we'll see what happens hell yeah i like it yeah um you know i think uh tony you're absolutely right to where you know i think it was late last year you came to me you wanted to invent i'm like perfect go do it it's awesome and, you know, it's something that we've been meaning to do, wanting to do, just with our bandwidth issues and all mm -hmm. that. We just haven't been able to do it. So thank you. Yeah. No, I, I'm really passionate about bringing something like this to the table. And, of course, having Ricky's help and Iris help. Like, it, it helps having people in the industry that are like-minded, that want to achieve the same goals. 
and it it just goes hand in hand and you know we're able to make something potentially really successful so i'm i'm super stoked i'm in the process of getting a lot of those little details kind of put together but hopefully um in the next couple weeks maybe next month or so we'll have everything kind of put Lined put up. in place yeah we'll be advocating for it showcase it at some of the shows if you guys are going to be there so it'll be out there it'll yeah. be out there it'll be up ideally if you're at pcs we'll have uh maybe like some qr codes you can just come by the cca booth or the bd booth and and sign up it's not going to be a, a big bear to entry i think it's going to be like a maybe a 15 dollars sign up fee yeah. so yeah very minimal yeah. yeah just uh let's let's have some fun <laughs> yeah, and it's a national, it's a natural partnership between BD and CCA and, mm-hmm. and all that. And Ricky, I got to ask, uh, when Tony went to you with that idea and all that, did you have something very similar in mind, more or less? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. We. So it again, was just a natural fit. Yeah. Again, with the with the issues of just like manpower, um, you know, we we think it's important to do these community events, whether it's like trivia at a at a brewery or. Uh, a film premiere, you know, something like that. And, and then just figuring out a way to, to build community. And so I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about, you know, trying to put together a spotty tournament. She goes, no way, like me too. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so it worked out perfectly. And, and now, you know, with double the help, um, you know, we finally were able to put something together. And, and watching it come to fruition is, is pretty cool. Nice, yeah. nice. I got to ask Ira. So your friend is picking up your boat right now. Yeah. You didn't want to just wait maybe a couple minutes and win ours. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that boat right now and I'm like, well, <laughs> so my buddy's buying my boat, which is a 19 foot center console. Okay. But it's definitely more of like inside, inside the, the break wall type of boat. Oh, okay. It it's, has quite a flat bottom. So I'm sure on a nice day we'll send it out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was looking at that boat and so I'm like, well, now that I don't have a boat, Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try to win that this year. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it, it's badass. I mean we saw it for the first time in Long Beach last mm-hmm. week. Yeah, it, it's uh, West Coast Marine. West Coast yeah. Marine. Yeah. with a hundred and fifty horsepower Yamaha on the back too. So with the power. trailer. With the trailer. Jeez. Is it a? It's a nineteen or twenty foot Parker. Eighteen. Eighteen with a one fifty. Yep. That thing's gonna fly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, Tony, what was your impression? I thought I was really impressed. Oh, it made me bummed. I can't participate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the star tournament is so rad because all of these people were like, we love fishing anyways. Mm-hmm. And what is it? A $40 entry fee? $40 entry fee. You pay $40. You're going to be fishing all summer anyways. Why not? Uh, why not enter and have a chance to win? rad prizes let alone a, a friggin boat yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like the, so. the weekly prizes on top of the additional so i think we're working on social media prizes on top of that like mm-hmm. there's so many opportunities to have these really awesome prizes just for getting a qualifying length halibut or yeah. spotted bass so know? if you get one of these qualifying fish mm-hmm. that like gives you an entry yeah into weekly prizes, grand prizes, all that. Mm-hmm. And so for every qualifying fish, you get another entry. It doesn't matter kind of the size as long as it's over that qualifying yep. length. Yep. The only limitation is you're limited to two entries per category per day. So two bass or two halibut, two yellowtail, two bluefin in a single day. That's your limit. That's a good day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a good day of fishing no right there. Every single content day that Ricky and I will be out fishing bluefin, we'll be entering fish. Yeah. Okay, make sure so. we have our... Your, uh, your measuring devices? Our measuring devices. Yeah. 
And, and most people actually came up to us during the show, the, the last show, and actually appreciated that. Or it's not going to be the biggest bluefin or the biggest yeah. fish I, or biggest I like length. That. Yeah, so it's pretty much a bass is going up against a bluefin and vice versa. That's so rad. No, that. you guys have done a really good job putting this whole thing together. No, we're trying, man. Yeah. We're trying. Yeah. It's, and uh, go ahead. No, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah. I'm yeah, well, so I'm looking forward to Star. I'm looking forward to the Spotty Tournament. Um, let's bring up, I mean, well, let's talk a little bit of fishing. Um, Ira, we'll start with you. If you could basically pick your trip or go on off on your, you know, on any trip that exists, what would you go after? Where would you go? What's your, what's, what, what breads your butter? Oh man. Anything, anything. Oh, I think, uh, GTs, Great Barrier Reef, Australia. Have you been there? No, oh, I just okay. really want to. I think, that would, I think that would be so cool. That's a good answer. Okay. Like I've, I've always, I mean, every day in the office, it seems that we're talking about like the crazy size and style of fishing in Australia, New Zealand, like hundred pound kingfish that, you know, insane sword fishing GTs, like the fish, the fishery they have over there. I mean, at least from an outside perspective, looks like it's insane. I'm sure it's a lot more challenging because mm-hmm. um, I'm sure if someone, you know, from outside looked into our fishery, they'd be like, oh, wow, catching a hundred pound bluefin must be so easy. It's social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything so, looks yeah. easy So I'm sure it's, it's much more challenging there. But I think, uh, yeah, go, going over and fishing that part of the world is definitely a, a bucket list trip for me. So I'd love to go Australia, New Zealand, Fiji, all of that. I'd, I've been dying to kind of figure figure out what's happening over there and stuff and mm-hmm. if if we could figure out a way to wrap up some some content in it and something like that get get an excuse to go over there for work <laughs> that'd be pretty cool yeah just talk to ali sure yeah i'll good. say yeah if you have you know extra plane ticket or two let's let's go over there <laughs> yeah but that that'd probably be the bucket list fish i think just the style of fishing they're doing mm-hmm. um just on those reefs you know throwing like big stick baits with like lock drags really aggressive fish uh clear water like a lot of the, the content that we've shared on our socials that we see over there, I mean, it, it doesn't matter what type of fisherman you are. If you see someone fishing like a GT from a paddle board in crystal clear water, throwing a stick bait and it eats it like five feet away from you, we've seen some just mental clips that we're so stoked on. And so I think <laughs> having an opportunity to experience that would be, that'd be a bucket list. It's unreal. Oh, okay. Okay. There's your warm water fishery. Yeah. Over right? there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If San Diego is a warm water. <laughs> yeah. When, when I was thinking that, I don't know why I thought that, but mainly the thought was just warmer, warmer than Oregon, because Oregon, <laughs> Oregon saltwater fishing is cold. Yeah. What What is? Uh, sorry to. No, no. I, no go I, for oh, it. Yeah, yeah. What is like Oregon saltwater fishing? So yeah, um, Oregon saltwater is really interesting. Pretty much. So there's a ton of albacore. Yeah, the tuna. The tuna is is interesting. I've done it a couple times. Um, in my first time going out there, I was kind of shocked it, uh, you know, you go for 30 miles and you're in green, brown, dirty water, and then you hit a line and it's, it looks like you could be yeah in, in Baja or anything like that. But Mm. I mean, it's in Oregon, which is kind of wild. And so the first time I went out there was my first time tuna fishing and it was, I didn't realize at the time it was wide open, just, we were fishing pretty much 40 pound fly line anchovies and fishing stupid stupid fishing there's no limit at least at the time no (laughs) so (laughs) we just kind of like stuffed Stuffed the boat we stuffed the boat with all we could so yeah the albacore was really interesting so that was my first kind of taste at tuna fishing up there which is interesting but uh 
yeah, generally, I mean, the, the, the hard thing is, is the weather mm-hmm. you really have, you know, maybe, maybe like five days a month to fish, at least from what I've experienced. So you have to, you have to time it right. But if you can get out there, it can be incredible fishing, which I was fortunate enough when I went out, I was able to have some fun fishing. But as far as, um, outside of tune up there, rockfish, lingcod, big surf perch. Mm-hmm. There's some really interesting shallow water lingcod fishing that hmm. I want to go up and kind of try to figure that out. Not many people do it. Cause I think a lot of people just go out to, you know, a hundred, 200 drop jigs, big swim baits, stuff like that. I've seen some interesting photos of lingcod on jerk baits mm. on mm. spinner baits. Oh. So I'm probably blowing, if anyone's up there and listening to this, I'm probably blowing up your fishery, <laughs> yeah. but I've seen a couple photos of like lingcod in sub 20 feet. Oh my gosh. Which would be cool. I caught, uh, I think I caught one in like, like 25 feet of water, but I was like bouncing a swim bait, but I've seen some stuff in Oregon in like <laughs> fishing from the jetties and catching them, which shore based lingcod could be cool. That's pretty impressive. That's so, so that's something I'd like to go try up kind of, I think it's in like Southern Oregon. I'm totally blowing it up now. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's some fisheries up there that could be cool. Has moving to San Diego kind of blown up your perspective as to, oh my gosh, I had this in my backyard for years? Oh, my my whole kind of evolution in fishing coming to San Diego, I have so much to be grateful for. It's been incredible. I mean, I went from 2019 coming down here. I'd only caught, you know, 15, 20 pound albacore before this. And then within... Only. Yeah. Well, with, with Oregon, I like... That, that's that's what we had as far as tuna go. And so I came down here and, you know, within four, four and a half, uh, coming up on five years now being here, I've caught so many fish that I can, I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to, to chase. So like a lot through BD, you know, this past season, I think I caught a, a handful of uh, bluefin, like 100 to 200, which has just been incredible. And mm-hmm. like, that's still just being the cameraman and yes. still having the opportunity <laughs> to do that. So like I get to pull on a fish after we've shot our content. And so having that, that opportunity has been incredible. Yeah. I, I say that because kind of tongue in cheek to where, you know, albacore we've, I mean, you guys have all heard it to where, oh, when are the albacore coming back? When are they coming back? And every year people make their predictions, but they never seem to come back. I, 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 I don't understand the, uh, the fascination with albacore. <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm naive, but like it's it's cool when that's what you have. Mm-hmm. But I think nine times out of ten, I'd rather catch you know a triple digit fish rather than a twenty pound fish. That's just it, me though. I think it's nostalgia. It's yeah. been gone for so yeah. long. People mm-hmm. just want it mm-hmm. back. And yeah. once it comes back, then everyone's gonna do the same thing for bluefin. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's probably just a, a consistent grass is greener complex of well, we did have that. Yeah, we, we'll we want that again. But I. I just experience coming from like an outside perspective, coming down here and seeing the bluefin fishery has been incredible yeah. and being able to film it has been really cool. Mm. You know, being able, cause it's aside from taking expensive camera gear out into we salt water. We won't talk about we that. We won't talk about that. It's, it's, it's rough, <laughs> but I mean, having foaming bluefin, it's one of the most incredible natural like fishing things you can see and being able to film that. I think any fisherman that also has a passion of, of filmmaking, of photography, of videography, that's an incredible thing to be able to shoot. Yeah, that that's unreal. Ricky, what about you, man? If you if you can pick one fishery to go to go after, I think I have two different answers for the sole reason of one. There's one fishery that I've experienced that 
is just an all-time favorite. And mm-hmm. two, there's like a bucket list trip. Yeah, tell um, us both. I, the, similarly to Ira, my bucket list is on the other side of the world. Um, I'd love to go target kingfish in New Zealand or Australia. Um, just seeing like 80-pound yellowtail <laughs> baffles me. I I love yellowtail, and I, I think an 80-pound yellowtail would probably pull harder than 80-pound bluefin. I was going to yeah. say. In my opinion. I mean, a kingfish is very, you know, I guess it's similar and all that, but it's it must fight the same way. Yeah, I don't know the scientific differences, but, uh, you know, I've heard stories of the, they, they fish them in the shallows sometimes, and they'll be fishing them with like 50 wides with a lockdown <laughs> drag and can't stop them. Like, you can't turn the thing's head. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, and like, just, we, we talk about those fish, like, at least a couple times a week in the office. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it, it, those fish live rent-free in our head. I mean, nice. seeing, seeing pictures of these guys, like, bear-hugging, like, big dudes. Oh, yeah. Bear-hugging, like, 90-pounder, just barely able to hold on to it. I, that look, that's the dream. I, I, that is on the top of my bucket list for sure. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, any day of the week you want to go kite fishing for big bluefin, I'm down. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely consider myself a tuna junkie. Um, but the fishery that they have in Baja um, in the skinny water for grouper is the most fun fishing that that I think I've done. And I think maybe partly because I only do it maybe like once or twice a year. Um, but targeting fish that you have to fish a lockdown drag, 80 pound, you know, potentially like a steel leader and just getting your ass whooped and, and being able to catch like on a good day, on a really good day, like 70 of those things. And you're just wiped. Like there's <laughs> clips of me where I'm just laying down on the deck of the boat, like Tom, my back hurts, my arm hurts. Uh-huh. And not to mention they're delicious. And that's another fishery, you know, like we always talk about, oh, what do you think like the Coronado Islands would be like if if they were not so pressured, you know? And I think we get a little taste of that as you go deeper and um, into these more secluded areas and, and witnessing what their fisheries are like is, uh, is just kind of mind blowing, you know? And, and I, I, I love those fish. Those leopard grouper are, are just, I think probably my favorite all around fish to well, target. I know like the last couple of years, I, I don't know whether it was last year or the year prior to that, but you know, the BD team has actually put out content or short films on those kind of trips to where you're driving down Baja mm-hmm going either to, you know, San Felipe or wherever. And uh, one of them, I think, with our good friend Benny Florentino a couple of years ago. Yeah, so we did a shoot with Benny, um, Calico to Cabrilla. You yeah. Know, yeah. Naturally, Benny is, um, you know, a, a Calico guide, and he has that fishery so dialed in, and, and he talks about, you know, in the film, um, go watch it. It's on our YouTube channel. Yep. <laughs> um, he talks about the, the similarities, but... He, is, he explains the cabria as a, a calico on steroids, which they really are. I mean, the tails on those things are so broad and they just, they're so freaking strong. And he talks about why, you know, he has a desire as he gets to fish calico bass every day, you know, as much as he wants up here. And he still has that desire to go chase that fish. Like that's how, um, that's how big of a draw that that fish has because it's just, it's such an impressive. And to be honest, the fishing we had on that shoot was not great. Um, I'd love to go back and document like a wide open day, but we, we, we managed. And I think uh, we had a one good afternoon. It was blown like 25 knots 
and we were fishing. Um, I think he has like spot lock, and this one stretch of beach was just loaded. I think we caught like forty cabrilla. <laughs> oh my gosh! And granted, none of them were huge, but um, even like a four pound cabrilla is gonna it's gonna put up a, a damn good fight. Yeah. And um, yeah, so so we've done some trips like that. We did a trip up to Vancouver. Um, that's uh, called Escape North. We did kind of like a surf fish combo trip. Which that- if anybody is listening has not seen that, that should be the first thing that people do. It's such a beautifully illustrated video. Yeah, so Matt with Rare Breed Films did an excellent job. And that was just a, an incredible trip to, to have experienced. You know, we were in the middle of absolutely nowhere. The fishery uh, kind of sounds similar to, you know, the Pacific Northwest. You have your salmon, your lingcod, your halibut. And everything just kind of came together perfectly on that trip. You know, our, our first, we literally landed on the float plane, got on the boat, went out and caught like a 70-pound halibut. You can't ask for a better start, you know. And then we had, you know, not great surfing. The waves were okay. And then just the, the fishing and, and the camaraderie and, and the guys we were spending time with, Raph Brewweiler and Kelly um, with Charter Tofino, just amazing people. I'm actually going back in June. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> like I need another taste of that because we don't get to fish salmon down here. And, yeah. and I think it's important, you know, especially as we get older and like, I'll never take for granted what we have here, but I think it's so important to go out and travel and explore these different places. Like our, our bucket list trips, for instance, is, um, are in entirely different countries because yeah. it's just a, a new experience and a, and a different fishery. And, um, I'd love to hear your guys's, but I'm sure it's, you know, similar, like maybe a fishery that you haven't done or something that looks really, really, um, you know, just kind of a blast to go fish. Oh man. Um, Tony, you go first. <laughs> I, I need time to think of mine. Well, so that Pacific Northwest video you guys did, like it, it brought me back to when I was working in Alaska. Cause that was the fishery, you know, that was how I got introduced to sport boats specifically. And I just fell in love with how majestic the fishery is and the landscape of the Pacific Northwest, but Alaska especially. And, you know, for me, we we grew up fishing for salmon and and fly fishing and flossing on the river. And I was never really good at fly fishing, but it it was just the the novelty of doing it was some that I was allured by. Um, so for me, I think fishing for salmon especially will always have a place in my heart and there's so much fun on light line like nine foot skinny little rods like it's so much fun and I know Chad gives me a hard time about it all the time (laughs) sorry Chad but I love that the whole fishery up there but I and and it's funny because working on boats down here I would tell people I worked on sport boats in Alaska and they're like I've never fished Alaska I want to go up there I'm like well you know, it's funny, like the juxtaposition of people in Alaska wanting to fish down here <laughs> and then you come down here and people want to fish up there. So it was kind of neat for me to have kind of both both sides of, of the spectrum there. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't take for granted the fishery that we have off our coast. It's it's truly magical and breathtaking. And and like I was Ira was saying, you know, to witness something just raw nature bluefin foaming all around the boat like there's there's nothing like that that i can think of there's no experience that comes close to something like that so the fact that we have it here and we appreciate it and we want it to last for generations i think is something really special and um something that this younger generation is really focused on i think as well whether they know it or not but as far as you know bucket list thing i've always wanted to catch 
a rooster. Mm. I want to catch it in the surf, you know, after the show and watching um, Wes's videos. And I just think they're so cool. Yeah. Like, I just want, like, a 40-pounder. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you nice. know, not totally doable. Yeah. But I think to catch them in the surf would be just such a rad oh, yeah. experience. Such and a to be somewhere, fish. Yeah, yeah, they're so cool. Mm -hmm. But I want to fish somewhere warm where I'm not head to toe in bibs and it's raining and it's cold. I want to be warm, tropical fishing. That's just ideal. Yeah, me. Wes has such a cool operation in Cabo, fishing all the surf stuff. It's really I've d I did oh, yeah. it with him in March. Okay, and it was really fun. I was just down there for spring break for well, some senior year. Nice. It was kind of fun, uh, <laughs> but I was like, I definitely wanted to uh, pick out a day with him. So I'd I'd love to go back down there. I think seeing a lot of the videos he's been posting recently, he's been catching dorado out of the surf, rooster fish. It looks really cool. Yeah, yeah. I think he was trying to go after billfish. Yeah, that's a big big goal of his. Yeah. Another thing they do in Australia, like every, yeah. like every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, although, so my answers are going to be a little weird. So I think a bucket list trip, as much as kingfish in Australia and New Zealand sound amazing, that's definitely on my list. Not at the top, though. I would say it's probably kind of what Tony was saying, where I want to go up to Alaska and yeah. fish all the different species, all within even a single day mm -hmm. or whatnot. Never have... Um, I think I've caught one salmon in my life, but always want to, I, I want to do that. I want to do the barn door halibut. Mm -hmm. want to do the lingcod, all that stuff. Um, so that's the bucket list. My other, like my current, I guess the, the, my favorite fishery that technically I have not done yet, but I know I'm going to love it. Absolutely. Is the Cabrillo fishing down, down in Baja. Never fished it before. I'm going this year. I know that's going to go right up to the top, so I'm just climbing it right now. That's going to be my favorite <laughs> my favorite fishing, um, just in Baja in general, because yeah. some of it's untouched. A lot of it, you know, some of it is, but if you go at least on the Sea of Cortez side and all that, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's it mind-boggling. And that's, that's another reason, like, yes, we go to Baja to fish, but um, the, the, the people down there are some of the nicest people you ever meet. Um, they're incredibly hospitable. And just the the vast amount of nothing that's mm -hmm. there is incredible, and it's all beautiful, like giant cliffs, you know, leading directly into the ocean, and just you know, desert, obviously. And there's these little towns scattered up and down the coast, and there's there's so much opportunity to explore. Like, mm -hmm. yes, there's these there are these destinations that people go to, but really, you know, you can experience phenomenal fishing uh, anywhere in Baja and, and, and Mexico, obviously. But that's another one of the huge draws is just the, the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. Like the road trip down there is one of the most fun parts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask, have you made that trip before? Yeah, yeah. We, we drive down. Um, I fished Loretto last year. We flew down to Loretto. But if, 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 if it's like less than a 10-hour drive, and I know people have driven all the way down to Cabo, um, but it's, yeah, <laughs> how was that? <laughs> oh, brutal. <laughs> brutal, but it was worth it. Yeah, exactly, right? And, and yes, there's boring parts where you're just going to be sleeping, but <laughs> the, the drive is really not bad. It's, it's just a straight shot all the way down, and um, if you have all your stuff in order, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, just be aware of, of what's going on and, yeah. and be nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're in a foreign, it's, it's their country, and, um, you know, want to respect it as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, one more from me. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about content today and, um, you know, you guys are 
pretty good, if not amazing at it, um, at producing it right now. But as far as going forward, the future of content, what do you guys see what's going to happen? The new trends happening, maybe not this year or next year, but like coming in the future, what do you guys kind of see the direction of going in terms of content? I'll let Ira speak on this one because I know he's definitely got some opinions about it. Um, the The takeover of the vertical video is cool, um, but hopefully we can get back to like the cinematic, you know, horizontal format. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it presents so much nicer. And, and one of the huge things that we discuss all the time is, you know, people love to consume that short form content, whether it's because, you know, our, our attention spans are shorter now or whatever the reason, um, you know, that's kind of the trends you have to keep up with in the industry. But I think if we had it our way, we'd be shooting like short films that could live on YouTube that not YouTube shorts, not Instagram reels, just, um, you know, really well put together pieces like we do um, with Rare Breed, you know. And we have a couple of those projects in the works this year. We have some really, really, really fun feature films that um, we're going to be producing. We're going to have some some down the line, maybe towards the end of the year in like Q4, we're going to be doing another film premiere. I don't know. Um, you were at the Lucky Bee film premiere. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know, were you there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's just cool to get the community. Again, it's another community thing yeah. where we get to we get to premiere, you know, something that we put so many hours, um, you know, days of, of, of our time into. And just to, to see, you know, the reception of that, I think, is is really um, it's it's beautiful. You know, you put so much work into something and you dedicate so much time to it. It's, it's nice to see, you know, um, that, that come to life. But yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll let Ira go now, but no, I, <laughs> I think those film premieres are so cool. Mm-hmm. And the evolution of content that we've seen over the past couple of years is interesting. You know, I think we hear all the time and even we, we talk about it a lot, you know, that people's attention, pan, attention spans are shorter. And so we're making a lot more short form content, uh, cause it's much more digestible. But I was reading actually about this last night and I I saw an interesting quote and it said that it's not that people's attention spans are shorter, but their standards are higher. And so in an interesting way, content and short form content, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube has revealed this, the access and the options that people have has increased. You know, for a while it was like you go on YouTube and you have to pick some, you know, any video that say, you know, most videos four to 12 minutes long. Well, now there's these options for these short form. So people's options have increased. And so your content has to be that much better to hold their attention. Think about it. Plenty of people will go on Netflix and binge shows for nine, 10 hours. So it's not that their attention span has gotten shorter, but their standard for what they need to stay engaged has gotten higher. Hmm. So I think sometimes if long form content is produced and it doesn't see the um, adoption or the the engagements that we want. It, it, instead of saying, oh, you know, people's attention spans are shorter. It's like, maybe our stuff is just boring. Maybe we need to increase our standards. You know, maybe we need to increase at a higher level, focus on our storytelling, you know, because people are consuming content. They're consuming a lot of content. They're consuming a lot of TikTok. They're consuming a lot of Netflix. So it's not necessarily the length. It's the level of entertainment because people's options are there. And so I think my personal focus going forward is to, you know, I'm like, I, I'm a sucker for like high produced stuff and like really beautiful visuals. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're shooting something that isn't incredibly interesting, it might look good, 
but it's not going to hold someone's attention. So my focus, I think, really is shifting towards capturing the moments and the storytelling that keeps people engaged. You know, it's the stuff because they have so many options, you have to give them value, you know, and so I'm all for high produced, good looking stuff. I personally enjoy that. And I think other people that work in content, create content, enjoy that type of stuff. But really, when it comes down to it, audiences want value, they want entertainment, um, education. And so you have to focus on the I guess the content of the content you're producing for, <laughs> for lack of a better term, what's, what's the message, what's the meaning, what's the value. If you can deliver on that, people will stay engaged. And so I think the, the longer form stuff, you know, the kind of say, I guess in the grand scheme of thing, it's still short, but like eight to 12 to 15 minutes, kind of that range is a really nice digestible amount to tell a story. Cause it's hard, you can, but it's hard to tell a story in, in 30 seconds. It's do, you can do it. Yeah. But I think in those, you can tell a much more in-depth story in that eight to 12 minute range. And so I think that would be a really, that's an area that I'd like to expand more into and focus more on. Um, and it's just, it's ensuring that the value is there because people will consume it if there's value. I, and that's about the length of all your short, your short films too, as well. They're, yeah. They all yeah. kind of live in that like 10 to 14 minute range, mm -hmm. which I think is great. Um, and so it's, I think for us, it's just making sure that sure that the stories we are telling are worth listening to. Yeah. And I think Ira put it great, you know, and, and one of the other things that we've been implementing over the past year is, is trying to keep stuff as organic as possible. Um, I think nowadays people can see straight through, you know, a sales ad, you know, you're just going to skip that. You're not going to watch it. Yeah. And so keeping, keeping content as organic as possible is incredibly important as far as keeping people engaged. Right. So we'd rather show like a day of fishing, you know, and, and Hey, you know, like we happen to, you know, be fishing with our, our favorite reels, you know, but we're not focusing that entire film around like product shots of the reel. You yeah. know, mm -hmm. it's literally just us fishing and, you know, on a good day of fishing, you might have a, a banger day where you go out and catch like, uh, you know, six cows and people want to watch that. 100% yeah. people mm -hmm. are going to mm -hmm. watch that. But you got to present it in a way where someone is going to watch past the first 30 seconds, you know, that and this is something that I can value. speak to. You have to yeah. deliver value immediately. Yeah. Um, otherwise people are just going to keep scrolling or click on to the next video. I feel like we can spend a whole podcast just talking about that stuff too. That, Absolutely. that is what we spend <laughs> a lot of our time doing Yeah, at, at work. It's figuring out how do we deliver that value? Because in a way we're delivering value on two ends of it. We're doing to both our audience and the general public, you know, whoever we're producing content to consume, mm -hmm. but then also on our own personal side, both growing our brand and then also our clients, you know, highlighting, um, different products that we believe in and stuff like that, that we're willing to put our name behind. I think a great example, everyone can pretty much universally agree that Yeti is the king of this. They produce content at such an incredibly high level, but they deliver an incredible amount of value with it. The stories they tell are really um, engaging and they're mm. cool. And so, but if you, if you watch the videos, you can probably count on one hand how many times you see a Yeti product. And it could be a 20 minute video hmm. and you're going to see a Yeti product five to 10 times. But wow. so the, one of their videos, it was, it's like 10 years old at this point, it's called Cosmo and it's about Cosmo Lido. It's a, uh, like an atoll at the, off the coast of Madagascar. 
an incredible, it looks like an incredible fishery, but, um, it's, I think I, I watched it. I've watched it through probably like 20 times now. <laughs> and I, the last time I watched it through, I counted how many times I saw a Yeti product and you see a couple, mm-hmm. but it's for being like a branded piece. It's very little, there's product placement, but it's very little. And it's focused around the a personality and, and yeah. a story, you know, and, and it's storytelling. It's, it's phenomenal storytelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they do an incredible job. And, um, going back to, you know, just producing content, even, uh, um, even a reel that's going to live on Instagram, let alone like a three minute video that's going to go on YouTube um, and our website. People don't realize from start to finish the amount of work that goes into it. Like, yes, you have to plan ahead, figure out, you know, your shot list and what we need to showcase, you know, how do we want to present this stuff? And then realizing how much time goes in post, like for those feature films, it's, countless hours mm-hmm. and for an it's, in- it's it's days yeah of of work for the feature films for just a 15 second little reel that someone's going to see that's going to be an ad spot or something like that probably six to eight hours of work Jeez. yeah and for, that's... for 15 to 25 seconds oh my god yeah you know and and that's I feel, I feel like I was busy. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just finished one highlighting a boat brand. It's 27 seconds. And the editing I did all yesterday, and it was probably four hours of editing. Oh, my gosh. But it's worth it at the end. Like, we're yeah. trying to put out an excellent product, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to put that time in. And I think just most people don't realize the investment that goes into creating something like that. And so, of course, we're going to put our time in and, and figure out, you know, we don't want this to go out and have two people watch it. Like we want the whole world to see it. Right. And, and putting that time in and making sure you're delivering excellence is, is a huge part of that. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, um, from start to finish ideation, production posts, like we're a small team. Yeah. But we, we collaborate like every step along the way, you know, to make sure we are coming out with, with what we believe is the best product. That's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. That's awesome. Well, guys, I can't believe it, but we're we're past an hour. No uh, it, This has been awesome. <laughs> um, you know, one more time, how do we find you guys? How do we uh, find you on Instagram and socials and YouTube and all that good stuff? Yeah, well, the company, obviously, um, BDOutdoors.com on Instagram, BDOutdoors.com on the web. Um, we have our forum side of that, Bloody Decks. And uh, personally, my name is Ricky Fischel. If you want to follow me on Instagram, Nice. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Be- it's just a bunch of fish. <laughs> it's all it is is fish. Fair warning. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's BD Outdoors across Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, on the web, and then personally, Ira Waldman. Nice, nice. Well, one more, one last thing, Ira. Do you know? Do you remember the story of how we first met? I uh, I believe my so my roommate in college, his dad booked a charter with you. And my roommate was like, my dad booked this charter. He's coming in town. Do you want to go on it? Because like he knew I fished a bunch. And I was like, <laughs> sure, I'm down. So I believe it was out of Dana. Yeah. Yep. Out yeah, of Dana. Th- that was like four years ago? Probably. Like 2019, 2020 or something like that. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Small, small world. We've gone full circle. We yeah. Really, we really have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Love, love it. I remember. I think you're still to this day the only customer who has ever tried out slow pitch. Oh Ever. yeah. I just, I, at that time I, uh, I got a new slow pitch rod and I was like trying to figure it out. That's an interesting, an interesting deal. Oh, that's a whole I don't, other, I don't know if it works. That's a whole I feel like I caught, a, I feel itself. like I caught a sand dab on it. And I think probably, that was yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, 
yeah. stuff. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No, Chris, this is Tony, awesome. thank you, thank you for having us on. Those yeah, this fun. was fun chatting with you guys. Yeah, yeah. We, we really appreciate fun. it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I I like this home and home uh, deal where we go on your podcast, you come on ours. We'll have to keep it uh, keep it a tradition here. I yeah, man. Always, awesome. Always. Uh, Always down to come talk fishing. Yeah, and we'll have uh, we'll have to have you guys back on right before the spotty tournament. Talk a little bit about that, all the rules and all good stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a great year with you guys. It's cool, awesome. Man. Cheers. Yep. Awesome. Looking yep. forward to it. Yeah. Well, Tony, fascinating episode once again. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I'm not biased or anything. These are my friends, Chris. <laughs> Can't say anything bad. Uh, not in front of them. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys can talk crap once we leave. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on the CCA California podcast. Um, and uh, we will see you guys next week. And uh, make sure to go follow us on Instagram at CCA California. Make sure to go register for Star. It's uh, still a uh, epic tournament that we're going to do May 25th to September 2nd. Hopefully you guys will join that. That'd, that'd be cool. It'd be uh, fun to at least a videography with you guys winning the boat, winning the parker. <laughs> but we'll see. It seems like Iris got that locked down, though. I'm, I'm going to give it my best shot. <laughs> <laughs> All you can do is try. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, thanks again for joining us, and we will see you guys next week. Take care.